I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's another week, it's another episode, and this episode is no different from the last. It's an hour or so of chat with really interesting people, creative people, talking about their creative journey to date and all the songs that soundtrack that. Today's guest is Longy, or Nick. Uh, Nick Long, as I like to... Well, I've always known him as Nick, but the... Uh, I guess anybody that, that, that follows his musical career will know him as Longy. Um, he's uh, a, a fascinating fella that's been making, writing, producing, playing music for, for many years now uh, and has just returned from playing uh, a, a 500 gigs in a year. Uh, that's, that's, no, that's no easy feat, I know. Um, so we, we discussed that. We discussed growing up in and around Essex and, and how that affected his creative journey. And we just really go in on some of the tracks that have soundtracked that, and he picked some fantastic records. Um, so before we get on with it, just a quick shout-out to uh, 76, my producer, for producing this, and Brad Acton, and my name is Ad for artwork and video stuff. Big love to everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network and the main man himself, Scroobius Pip. And just to let you know, we've got a website www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com Go and have a look. Everything is over there. So you can find out about the uh, the Patreon account. You can find out about listening to this on Spotify. And also on Spotify, you can listen to all the playlists that of the music that the bands pick. You can find out about Off The Beat and Track Radio. So that's the radio show I do, and that's over on Patreon. And you can go and find out how to listen to that. There's merchandise. You can go and buy T-shirts and other bits and bobs. So go over and have a look at that. And it's got all the social media links. So if you want to follow us on there and, and, and see other bits and bobs and video footage and, and pictures and whatnot, then that's all over there. So that's uh, offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Go and have a look over there. In the meantime, enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Longy. See you at the end. 76, drop that intro. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Right, we are recording. It's a Wednesday night. It's uh, it feels tonight like the winter's catching up with us a little bit. It's uh, it's a little bit fresh, but um, we've got a we've got a little pint on the go, courtesy of our sponsor, Love Beer. It's a gluten-free vegan beer, which to some of you, you might just think really. But it's well all right. And uh, 
and I'm yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking at a nice full pint of it now. So I will be enjoying that throughout the duration of this podcast with tonight's guest, who is um, my old friend and uh, shall I, how do I introduce you? Uh, Singer songwriter Longy. Hello. All right. I'm good. Good. So we was going to have that conversation because, but we didn't because I said save it. When did we last see each other? It was. Would it, be, would it have been Queen Hoxton? Would it have been that kind of... I would have thought. I would, I would have, have thought. thought so, yeah. Like, something like that. Yeah. Um, but that's mad, because it was a while ago. It's got to be five, six years ago. Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, it's, there's, it's, there's a lot that's been been happening well, since then. Yeah? You know, you're, you're never far from my, my, you know, my, my line of vision because of the, the likes of social media and, and shared friends, yeah. you know? So we've all got lots of... Friends in common that are all from the area. You're, you know, you're, we'll get on to where you grew up and stuff. But we're, you know, we're, we're Essex boys, and and it's it's a good community. And just chatting now, you know, you're currently working with former a previous guest and and uh, former Florence Machine drummer Chris Hayden. Yeah. So you're doing some stuff with him at the moment, which we'll get on to as as we go. But before we start getting into the ins and outs of how we know each other and and your creative journey so far. Let's get the, the podcast starting with the uh, the track that I always like to start with, which is the song with the greatest intro. Oh, okay. Can you remember what you put for that one? I would have gone Nirvana. Yep. I mean, which one? You could really, you could take your pick on this. Yeah. Couldn't you? On any of them. But um, it was the power in, in Bloom. Am I in Bloom? You are in Bloom. Okay. Um... I mean, then later on down the line, yeah. Did I say Tourette's as well? Did I say about Tourette's? No. Was, yeah. So that was that was that was day one of the two I was going for. But if I had to take one, I'd take him because he's got double intro. Yeah. Um, it's and again, it's just you know other people have chose Team Spirit previously, and the, the, the thing that maybe Kurt would when he was being a bit flippant, would kind of buck was the production on some of the later stuff. Yeah. I don't care. No. So, as, as, as I've mentioned before on a podcast, Butch Vig described the, you know, some of them intros is when they drop, like being in a house that's collapsing on you. Yeah, 100%. And just the fucking drum sound on In Bloom. Um, outright, like just everything you want to hear, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When you're a kid and somebody says, what's this? And you go, oh, yeah, I get that. I get that. So I don't know. I think for for um, there are so many in it. I mean, even even um, you know, crosstown traffic come up like like what you know because of I think when you get asked the question, yeah, it should be what's off the top of your head, like straight away. What what, what, what rolls off? Absolutely, and 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 I like that because it, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm aware that for all the guests at any given point. These things change daily, hourly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're saying on the radio and go, fuck, that's the greatest intro ever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like cross-town traffic. I mean, the urgency of that 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 kicks in, that's yeah. just like a slap and a chops, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, right, have this. And then that's before the groove kicks. That's just that stab yeah. at the beginning. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And then once and then that... the madness where it all starts going, where you're just like, when the, when the pans start coming, yeah. you're just like, who even does the audacity to do that? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That doesn't happen. I think there's... 
I think people worry far too much about production these days, so yeah. you'd never get away with that kind of thing. So or it's done in a really good way where it sounds almost too good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I, we'll discuss production as, as we go on and as we talk about, you know, bands that you've been in and, and what you're doing now. But to pull it back to intro, as a you know, songwriter, well, how do you approach an intro when you're writing? Like you said about, you know, it's this different different minutes in the day or, or however you're feeling. I don't know, because it, you can, I, sometimes you literally start with the intro. Sometimes you go, okay, well, I've got a bridge. Then you work off of that. Yeah. Rolls over to a middle eight. I don't know, there's, there's, there's how many ways is there? Yeah. Um, but that, that, that interests me when, you know, the, the writing and the songs that have stayed with us uh, in our in our time, um, okay, computer comes to mind. Yeah. Um, you know, you they're gonna be they're, they're things you remember and they just stay with you. And I think you know, getting a good intro is. But I don't know. See, I don't know if you can. You know, I don't. I, yeah. Did he write that? <laughs> I'd love yeah. to know. I'm uh, thinking about electioneering now, mate. I'm just thinking of the intro there. That's a drum sound as well when Jesus. that comes in. Um. So yeah, I think I think you know. Yeah, I imagine I, I can't really imagine that anyone goes. Wait a minute! If this song hasn't got a um, intro already, let's write because of the, those chords seem to have been there in the song anyway. Yeah. So you know, I imagine it was an obvious. Yeah. That sounds magical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to track two um, because I like track one. It kind of it's a pretty straightforward one, and it doesn't sort of. It, track two is when we start to sort of work our way through your, your creative journey. So, and your answer to this will probably be mine as well. Um, so I asked you for track two, what is the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on yeah. you? Mm. Can you remember what you put? True Love Ways. Yeah. What a song. Um, emotional impact, how? Happiness, sadness, melancholy? No, absolutely... Um... Oh man, I, I felt elevated, which is mad because it's kind of out of a sadness, hope. I think the song's got everything. Yeah. I don't think I think, and there's a couple of versions of it. Right. Um, there's a couple of versions on it. I think there's I think there's two versions of it. He done one with a uh, when he done Nashville sessions. Um, he done one with strings and everything, and he also done one pulled back. Right. Um, and I was incredibly lucky as a kid to be taken to the Buddy Holly story. Yep. And then from there, I can just remember being like, Ma, I need to go back there. Because like, I was, what, seven? And, you know, when music does that, that's, 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 what, that's what you hope anything you ever do. Resonates. Yeah. And you, that's where you hope that things get to in your life. But that's how powerful music is, that you're watching someone um, copy a song on stage in a theatre production and that's what it's trying to do to you so from there that was it I was I was I knew I just I, I like I didn't think about anything else I was just like just give me the guitar and I want to go and write loads that song for me was the first song that made me question mortality okay which sounds ridiculous no I, I think I know what you mean but I remember just thinking oh man my parents are going to die and like and I could only have been about eight or nine 
and and hearing that song and it's the melancholy in it mm. and and his vocals it's Buddy Holly so his vocals this different level anyway <laughs> but there's just something it's a beautiful beautiful record and I remember just feeling like that it, it it was like undying love and it was and it just was just riddled with melancholy and I remember just you know sometimes we cry and I was thinking oh god and it was the first time you know and I guess every kid has that thing where you think oh god yeah like we all die one day my mum yeah. and dad are gonna die yeah. like and and that song like whenever I hear that that takes me back to that one point and I think that's got to be the first time like that that something without any visual representation you know before music videos would you know affect it you know as a kid that in its rawest form just yeah, that definitely. vocal music was like Ooh. yeah 100% I mean I mean he, he and he doesn't leave it there does he I mean, no. he, he, he you know every day it doesn't matter anymore uh, listen to me like it's so endless with him and I love I love it when I'm, I mean I'm I'm well fortunate that that was my you know that was my that was my blueprint to get roll off of. You know I mean? that, well, was my, that was my. That's good because that's that's kind of where I'm t- I'm taking this. Um, so before we we do get on to you know music at home, like where, where was home? Where was your mom? Um, I'm pretty sure in Basildon. Right. Okay. <laughs> I like the fact that I said I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't expect you to remember. <laughs> it was um, only a wee one. Yeah, Basildon, and then and then we we lived out in some. My folks had come down from the East End, Walthamstow. And then, um, so my brother would have been kind of first in, then, then my sister and me were born, yeah. You're Bradford. the youngest of three? I am. Okay. I am. So, what was their music on at home? Uh, just, in, yeah, I, I, like, I, I I can't thank my mum and dad enough for, for that side, because of, uh, they kind of met in the middle with everything they loved. Yeah. The, the likes of, like, um, you know, like, so my, my, my pa was... He was Zeppelin, The Who. He was like oh, right. all that, all that way. And then my mum had the Motown side. She had it all covered. Ella Fitzgerald, you know, the holidays and all that. You know, it was like it was so easy. So, so uh, you was getting balls out rock and roll mixed with the best pop sensibilities that Motown ever. had. You know, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even quote like when somebody ever says about you. What, like, why did you get that? It's funny. We played Secret Garden Party. Okay. And we were really fortunate enough to. Um, it was the same weekend Martha Reeves and 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 the Vandellas were doing. Vandellas, yeah. And they were doing. They, they were there. Wow. Um, so we saw that, and I remember me and Teddy, um, my good friend the Duke, we stood in a field, and it's very rare that you just stand there, kind of, in a in a trance. But how could you not? I mean, you know. Dancing in the street, it, it all heat wave, it all start. You just start yeah. going, Jesus, like th- this is who wrote these, yeah. or, or, or at least you know, yeah, yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying. So the band were still exceptional. Like I don't know who it was, but it still just sounded. It was just like this is madness. And although you know Martha's, my God, getting on, it didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Like, she could have, she could have kind of just stood there and done yeah. nothing. But you'd still be like. This is this is mad. And yeah. I think I think once you see that of uh, any artist, I suppose, uh, of of when they're, um, I mean, Springsteen's still probably kicking it. Yeah. Anyway, and he like yeah. at, at, at probably what he was yeah. like, as a ten year old. Yeah. Um, but most people kind of they wither a little bit and they go and they don't they, but Springsteen still seems to have held it. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to make the comparison. Yeah. But 
I'm kind of obviously a massive Springsteen. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's live. I yeah. think he's the one to go to. So it's incredibly... I love, I love seeing how, you know, where people have gone in their career and what they're still holding on to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And what it is like for them live. So aside from, like, um, your mum and dad's record collection, mm. having older siblings was was were they sort of would you go and raid their record collections and um, stuff like that growing up i, I mean, had no i don't trust my brother because he was like he was like it was nwa right it was um silver bullet do you remember yeah of course <laughs> Play, played the pink toothbrush mate like it, it was that it was all that so i had a kick in from him because he was like he was like well you know world dance and and, and all that and i was like slip man i was like what the fuck is you know what i mean but then Again, it's like it's, you, you're getting. You're so getting, he was a full-on raver and hip hop, and yeah, yeah. he was a hip hop head. Like you can, you know what I mean? It was all, it was all that. And then he tried to, he tried to, he tried to roll in with, um, you know, tried to come in now and again, and he'd, he'd send me a few little tapes and stuff like that. But I don't know, like he never. He, it, it, it was different for him. The rock thing was different for him where it was for me yeah. because of where. You know, when you go from Buddy Holly, you're going from like Buddy to Elvis to Eddie Cochran, Little Richard, like all of them lot. And so I kind of started at the start of it all um, and I didn't really miss anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think with when you're coming in from, say, his point of view, he, he, he was a football boy, so he was just yeah. like, he was, it was, and it was just football. As, yeah. as kids, it was like bang, football, football, football. I can remember arguing about who was going to get the, in fact, he got the keyboard. Yeah. For Christmas and I was like, Mum, I'm not having that. Yeah. Like that's that's mine and she was like, That's unfortunately not yours. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You're sitting there looking at a pair of goalie gloves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want them. <laughs> but do you know what, Nick? It's weird. I, I like I look at like I've got friends that I've been in bands with or I've you know, they've been in bands that I've, you know, been involved with and stuff that are music obsessives mm. and football obsessives. Yeah. And I just think because I was a complete football obsessive. Yeah. Until 1989. And then Arsenal won the league and it went all seater. And then someone was like, you need to check out Stone Roses. And I was like, fucking hell. And then I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is... And then it was like, I'm going to spend my money on this now and not football. Yeah. And then for me, it was like, well, look, football's now costing... At the time, it was probably like... A, when it went all seater, it went up to like 15 quid a ticket, which yeah. was a shitload. I could go... I want your gig for that, Mad. and so I, I made my choice, and like, and I, I still—it's ridiculous because you know they shouldn't be mutually exclusive, but the <laughs> amount of people I know that are just like, you know, really successful musicians, but still go football every Saturday. Like, I, I just, massive great escape. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to, um, I have to be really careful because if I get it, starts, it starts getting to my mind too much for the week, and I start thinking about it. Yeah, so I have to be really like, you know. I miss a few weeks and I do it on purpose though because I just yeah. think to myself like I'm really really bad I'm really you know I mean it's almost ADHD you know what I mean it's like <laughs> I've got to yeah. come away from it um, but yeah I think I I I, I don't know I, I tend just to try to really focus and then that's my escape for, like, yeah. for 90 minutes or whatever you just go yeah. oh mate amazing yeah you know what I mean because it's like you can't I still, I see, you know, I still romanticise about the past that Pele did yeah. to Zezinho when he rolls down on yeah. the right. And I still watch all the old footage and I still, yeah. you know, I'm a ridiculous YouTuber. Yeah. Um, 
And they're bad habits. Yeah. Like, let's, let's get this right. Yeah. They're not great habits. They're yeah. not like, it's not like it's a, it's a fucking positive. We're all, get, we're all guilty of it, mate. <laughs> right. And so it's just like, you know, but I don't know. There's, 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 there's something, there's, it's inspiring watching it. Yeah. You know, it's inspiring watching the greatest on the planet. You think it's an art? What? Football. 100%. I think it, I think it's. Um, I think I'm not it, disagreeing. With you. No, I, I, you, I you look at the memorabilia yeah, no, around this wall. You yeah. know, fight sports, combat yeah. sports for me. They're, 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 it's a, it's a, the but most I, noble of arts. Yeah, and I think there's a, there's a there's a huge spiritual side for me. Yeah. That um, you are at times. You know, I think um, you are. You know, you can see why you're walking with the gods up there, and you're out on your own. And yeah. um, there's uh, my mate. I'm, I'm living with my boy at the moment, uh, the Dulux, Nicky B, and. He's got. I still haven't read it either, but I've heard some brilliant quotes on it on Agassiz's book. Oh, really? About and and how lonely, and how lonely the tennis game is when you're out on your own. You yeah. know what I mean? And you're on the court. And I think, to a degree, footballers are, uh, or all arts are. Uh, sorry, all, all sports are. Um, Can there be anything more lonely than getting in a ring? You are on your own there, and shit's about to go down, right? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There's competitive levels at tennis and things like that. I'm taking nothing away from them. But you are, you are right. You ain't putting your life on the line theoretically. I mean, when you're looking across the ring and you've got Tyson, a pair of black shorts, you're not, you're not going to be going. This is, this is going to be. A it's good weird, night. right? I, I interviewed Frank Bruno, right. and and I asked him what that felt like, and 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 I'll tell you what, like. I've never, it sounds a bit hippie, but I've never felt a force of nature. But I did I'm that full, day. You're making my hair so <laughs> go weird right now. Right. So I said to him, look, Frank, I said, I was at an age where we all stayed up till three o'clock in the morning. I was at yeah. my, my school youth club to watch you at 3 a.m. get in the ring of Iron Mike. And I said, I remember Tupac walked him out and all of his crew were all like doing the, the thumb across the throat to you and you were standing in that ring knowing full well that the whole of the UK was willing you to win and you knew that you was fighting arguably maybe of all time the most scariest fighter ever who's <laughs> oh wanting to God. take your head off I said what was going on in your mind at that point Frank and he leant across the table and went I just wanted to fucking hurt him and as he said that as he leant forward the force <laughs> sounds so weird pushed me back and like I'm the same stamp as him. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't his size. It was just fight Man, face I'm really come on. Surprised he said that. And, and like I'm, I'm, and I'm like, surprised he said that. And and he just went, I just wanted to hurt him. And uh, and I just thought, oh, and like and I just thought fight face just kicked in. And I was just like lovable Frank, bang, yeah. business time. And it was 100%. like and it was like AJ's got that at the moment though, isn't he? He can he yeah. just turns it on. So, and you'll see it. It'll be in an interview, and somebody yeah. will just click, and he'll go. That, that fighting thing will come yeah. in, wouldn't it? Yeah. And, and and that must be that must be the level thing, because like like you said, like you're not going to be at that level yeah. without having that in you. Otherwise, you ain't going to get to that level, are you? Yeah. No. no. But, but that, I mean, that I like the fact you've just made me nervous just because we're talking <laughs> about Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, look for track three. I ask you to um, pick a song that reminds you of your, your time at school. And looking at your choice, uh, which most guests have done, I imagine that this is secondary school, right? Yep. 100%. Okay. Uh, go let it out, Isis. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Used to bowl, me and, me and Holloway, me and Holloway used to, um, oh man, we were like, we'd be like, come, let's do something before school. So we'd, be, we'd go swimming. And then I always remember, 
Um, fucking, there'd be some weird stuff going on that early in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Because you've got all the old OAPs in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're all talcum powder. It's, yep. it's everywhere. And you're just like, yep. I'm a kid. I'm just like, what? Yeah. You know, there's people racing in there. And I'm just yeah. like, all I want to do is dive and... Yeah, do a bomb. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, my eyes are already stinging. Yeah. And I'm not even hit the crowd. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? And then... Um, that does happen when you watch them old boys talking <laughs> up their ball sacks, mate. <laughs> and so, and then with, I don't know, you know, with, with them bowl, we'd bowl out of there and, and you'd go eat out of school. And you'd feel like a god because of you were up before anyone else, and you were rolling to school. And, and man, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a massive, massive. Uh, they hit me early, Oasis. So, so, how old are you, Nick? I'm 36 years of age. So. Right. So, 96. Right. Okay. So, yeah, that would have caught you slap bam in the middle of school. So, was there a division at school between? kind of people that maybe were listening to like garage yeah. and things like that and yeah, then there was definitely. you know I, I guess you kind of missed the whole grunge thing by then it would have been you well, know. I was alright because I had I had um, I had oh man I thought about it the other day I had Dean Clark um, who's passed now and um, and I'll never forget I, I, I moved down to a road called Second Avenue and I, I I rolled past this house on the end it was and I could hear this massive, massive guitar line, Metallica, uh, and Sandman. And I was like, fucking, what is that? And then, uh, obviously, as a kid, you know, you start the street, starts coming yeah. out, didn't they? All streets come alive. And all those amazing nights of, you know, just going out and you, and you find those you mate down there. And and, and the Clark brothers um, invited me in and... I, I don't know. It was. They were listening to our playing it. He was playing it. Dean was amazing. Dean was a really, really great guitar yeah. player as a kid, and um, and it was all those things. And I think, I think, in fact, thinking about it, that is where I started. That is where I started to um, play guitar, and that's when I started to pick things up and and, and start listening. And um, he he was about to go and see Nirvana, right? And then obviously Kurt, yeah, Kurt done what he did, yeah, and um, you know. And then, so I didn't miss the grunge scene. Yeah. So I, I, oh, sorry, yeah. he just, I just yeah. tucked in. So, for you, you know, going to school in, was it Bazardum, Billericay? No, Billericay. Yeah. So, you know, um, I imagine that the, you know, as I said, the demographic at that time, it was the garage thing was happening. So, like, was it an easier ride, I imagine, from... I think Oasis made it an easy ride for an indie kid. Whereas pre that, you know, you was either long hair or you was a goth, or you was long hair, ripped jeans and stuff like that. And and your average lad on the street just thought you was a scruff bag and a weirdo. But then all of a sudden, Noel turns up and Liam turns up, top end sportswear, yeah. you know, sharp haircuts, yeah. talking about football, fighting, fucking everything else. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, well, I, you know, I've I've said it many times on this podcast. All of a sudden, you know, I've been DJing at the Toothbrush six years then, and it was the place where the weirdos went. And all of a sudden, everyone was in there going stick oasis on, stick country ass on. You got any of that supergrass? And you think, fucking hell, what are you doing in here? Mm. Like, you know, you would have been the ones a year ago going, it's fucking full of weirdos in there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think Noel said. Uh, when he walked out on Nebworth, like you know, he thought it systematically killed the indie scene at that point. You know, mm. it took it to the terraces. It took it 
fucking stadiums. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and I think it wasn't as bigger fashion style commitment to be into Britpop than it might have been years before to be a grunger or a goth yeah. or a Morrissey clone or whatever. You yeah, know, it that was, whole, that whole... It, 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 it weren't a, a dangerous image, was it? If you was, you know, you, no. was, you was a Britpop or it was. No, I think, I think the challenge maybe would have been if you actually cared yeah. was, uh, you know, people would say, well, what kind of music are you into? And then you had to tell them, yeah. but no one really got, you know, when I was listening to Buddy Holly all through school yeah. and no one really, they never really understood that. Yeah. And um, my ego wouldn't give a shit anyway. So yeah. I'd be like, well, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. before that anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like you said, as soon as, you know, and, and you, you've got to remember what Cobain, just from him, for, just from death, what that done anyway. Yeah. Like that, that, that exploded, it was an explosion because if you'd never heard any of his album before, yeah. you were 100% going yeah, to listen course. to it then. And then after that, obviously with uh, Oasis and Blur coming through, um, but Blur then, were going to get on there actually, we'll talk about it later, definitely, but Blur were going to get on there, but... But to move it forward, to go let it out, yeah. I mean, that's, that's cocaine, that track, right? That's fucking whistles, bells a oh, lot. Man. And, it gets a, a, a bit of a rough ride, I think, that. Mm. It's probably in my top three Oasis tracks. How can it not be? I think, I think it's fucking brilliant. And and I know some of them later albums get a little bit of a hard time saying, oh, it's the, the pompous cocaine years, blah, blah, blah. I think that's a fucking standout killer. Killer. Right. And it's got a bit of scratching in it. Yeah. <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> Completely. So, did, did you enjoy school? Um... I, I, I loved every single minute. Yeah. Um, but a pure daydreamer. Couldn't, yeah. I wasn't fussed about the academic side of it, and um, because I found I'd found it already. I'd found I'd found my my education was through Buddy Holly. Yeah. It was through it was through these bands. It was through I'd found it already, um, or what you feel you think you found. Yeah. You know what I mean. Who can ever say that? But so, was you was, was you playing football at school and things like that as yeah, well? Yeah, hundred percent, man. I love, so, you know. so that's good. You know, if you're the weirdo at school, you know, I'm saying this with the greatest of respect, Nick. You're a good-looking boy, and you can kick a football. That's going to get you a little bit further along. Do you know what I mean? Well, I was, you know, I always, yeah. I mean, I love football. Yeah, and I always, you know, yeah. always, um I was at Barnet. Yeah, as a kid. Oh, really? Yeah, I was at Barnet as a kid. Um, and I was like, so I was going through school with them. Yeah. And then I was thinking, well, okay, then I'm going to go to YT. They yeah. never got my YT. Yeah. And that's a kick-ass moment in your yeah. life because you go, fuck, man. It's like, okay. So did, was, that, was, did, that, I, did that feel like failure? Um, yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah, And how old was you then? I was, well, kids, what, what are you, when are you going to do YT? 15, 16, yeah. That's heavy then, isn't it? Yeah, especially at that time because it, it was all I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Kick a ball. But I was still playing. Yeah. So like I had an amazing release process. Yeah. And I, and I, and it still kept me in good stead for today that this life is incredibly difficult and you know look at look at the amount of people that look at the the essential what's going on now of yoga everything's opening up meditation yoga I mean we're going through an amazing period right now I think of all that uh, but I think it's about finding where your output is and if you've got your output. You're gonna be all right because of that's your release. Yeah. 
I think I think I think what what tends to happen, mate. I was in, I was having my hair cut. I thought I'd come and spruce myself up for yourself. You look right? incredible, mate. And I and I and I we we sat in there today and we were talking exactly about this. We sat all about why is why are people you know why is there that in society so badly today? We have we we we're we're so clued up yet clocked on to tell everyone we've got to have a mental health day. We've got to yeah. have a mental health week. It's like okay, I get it. But it's a little bit like, you know, what Morgan Freeman said about the racing thing. You put it out there like in terms of like, you know, are we going to have a, 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 um, a, a black month day? Yeah. Uh, sorry, black month or whatever. Yeah. And you're, you're giving it fuel to, yeah. it fuels itself. So yeah. it's constantly going to be in your psyche. If you forget about it and you, I think, deal with it. But then, then it's difficult, isn't it? Because not everyone's got that mind to grasp it and get out of where they want to go. It's as simple as that. And I, and, and I think what we're talking about right now is the fact that from a kid, I have had the privilege, and I do, I would definitely call it a privilege, to be able to go and see great music and be around Mama and Pa, which gave me great music. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. You know, Woodstock, like just that alone. Yeah. You know, you know all of them things, um, the, the, the whole thing with. You know, I've got a huge family, and every Christmas it'd be like bang, the the lounge would be going off. It's Motown yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Yeah, nothing. I mean, like it's the, those feelings when you listen to those songs and 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 that it never changes. But finding your outlet, and yeah. I think that's 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 really important. Or, or I feel so like I feel like I've fallen into it. So at that point, then when when you didn't make the cut on that, mm. did that. Was that almost a bit of closure there for that, or did you did you then think, well, look, I, I'm, I like my guitar, I, I might have a. You might be the same as me, but does it ever close? No, I, I still think I'm going to. I still think I'm going to score a hat trick in the World Cup. No. <laughs> I'll fight Conor McGregor next weekend, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, so, um, you, you, yeah, you got to be. Oh, no, I don't. I'm not having that. You know, my girl always goes on about being realistic. Yeah, I'm just not realistic. Yeah. It's good to dream, right? Yeah, 100%. It's the, it's the only way we move forward. Track four. The first record you remember buying? Lenny Kravitz. Oh, you're going to go my way. <sighs> right? You like that? Massive tune. Yeah. Massive riff. Some, in fact, you could even say, huge intro, you know, <laughs> big introduction. It's a good intro. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I think I said it to you in my, in my, in my There notes. was a caveat with it, yeah? There was a, it teed me up to go and buy Madonna Hanky Panky. Good start, good, good call. <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know why, Dick Tracy must have come out. Yeah. Um, but I'm upset, I'm, I'm slightly... Yeah, but there you go, I'll tell you what that is, right? That's your dad playing your Zeppelin, and then that's your mum playing your Motown. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? There's your rock and there's your pop. Because people always go on about, oh man, any guilty pleasures? I'm like, no. Nah. I remember being at a restaurant in um, Soho, um... Cafe Bowen, is it? Around the corner. Right, okay. And um, and we were, um, where there, was a, there was a little group of us, and they were going, come, guilty pleasures. And I didn't really know a few of these people, and they started to, you know, they started to waffle, and I was like, oh, mate, no, I, can I just put it out there? I haven't really got any. But if you want me to roll near there, which I think would be rolling over to that side, yeah. is um, you got to love a bit of Hucknall, right? Yeah. Rolling to Simply Red. Right? But at the same time, though, and then suddenly the whole table just went, oh, and I was like, but it's not really a good pleasure for me. 
Yeah. Like, the geezer's got tunes. Why is there guilt? Like, like, why why what, should a pleasure be guilt, uh, guilt? Like, I just don't get it. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and there'll always be moments in your life where you, where you go, oh man, when I was, I remember where I was. It was like, you know, you remember driving to a football match and listening to, I don't know, man, money too tight to mention. Like, come on, that's a tune. So, his voice, uh, ridiculous. it's ridiculous, you know. He gets so much fucking stick, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that closing line in 24-hour party, people, when God's talking to Tony Wilson, oh, you've done well, but you should have signed the Smiths, but you've done well to avoid Simply Red because he's a cunt. <laughs> like, I, mean, oh, but, man, I love it. But do you know what? Um, when I first heard Holding Back the Years, I would have been... 10 and I remember thinking that's fucking brilliant and I just thought it was lovely and I still think that song's lovely and but there was a track that he done with Wyclef Jean Angel, is it Angel? yeah fucking tune when he hits that vocal right gonna, is it gonna to... get me gonna buy me an angel no, I mean I can't fucking sing for shit he but goes, he goes, oh, I know the one yeah right. fucking hell and do you know what I actually YouTubed that the other night and he's, he, he looks like he's in Brooklyn or yeah. Harlem or somewhere and, and he and he goes down and he's singing it and now you think as much of as an, and a helmet he's probably been over the years that fucking vocal you can't fucking diss it it's fucking solid because nah. he was in a punk band he was in a, a punk band called um it was something like the Erratic Hoovers or something like that. He was right. he was in a um, a Manchester punk band and uh, and and he was famously at uh, the Pistols gig, right? Like in Manchester, yeah, like so when people talk about Joy Division and yeah. Morrissey and all that, Hucknall was there as yeah. well. And uh, but yeah, and obviously, I mean, fucking hell, if you want to be a famous musician, he ticked the box. Do you know what I mean? Like. You know, they were arguably one of the fucking biggest bands yeah. in the UK for a long, long time. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, you've you've just said about Manchester, and I don't want to forget that we don't talk, not talk about them quickly, is Doves. Yeah. The most underrated rock and roll band I think I've heard in like, the, that come out of that little, yeah. you know, that that, um, that era. But hey, but They were pre that you, era. They were sub-sub as well, weren't yes, they? Yeah. Like, uh, space, space, space. Is it Space Face? Yeah. Ain't No Use was no their use big tune. tune yeah, well. they'd done a tune with Bernie Sumner from yeah. New Order. Like, yeah, sub Jimmy Goodwin, I've, I've got an amazing, I've got, I've, I've, I tried to find him. Yeah. And I, have, I literally just got a van. Yeah. I was working, doing, uh, I was delivering boilers and radiators. And I remember nicking the van for the weekend. So I was like, I'm going to get you. I'm on a quest to I'm, find I'm Jimmy Goodwin. Uh, where who was it with? Was I with Lemon at Market at the time? Might have been, and I was like, I'm gonna get, um, I'm yeah. gonna get, I'm gonna get us recorded by Jimmy Goodwin. Yeah, because I was obsessed by yeah. what had just come out. They just had um, Cedar Room, Panned in, oh, mate, Black and White Turn, like that. But their albums, like you know, I know they've gone and done their, you know, the solo thing now. But I don't know. I think Jimmy Goodwin's such an underrated um, yeah. artist. You know, and and do you know what's cool about them? They didn't. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Look like rock stars. No. Like, he looked like he'd be delivering boilers. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he just, I mean, anyone he, can do that. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He didn't look like Mick Hucknall. He didn't look like Morrissey. Do you know what I mean? He looked like... No. You know, he'd come around and paint your bathroom for you. Yeah, but I think that's what's beautiful about that part, and it's the, the authenticity of, of, of him. Music speaks for itself, right? Yeah, completely. Okay, so Lenny Kravitz, are you going to go my way? Where'd you buy that? Stick discs. Oh, nice! You had an independent record shop in town. Of course you did, mate. We like oh, that was my best friend. Yeah, still there, right? He's in the middle now, isn't he? Right. He's right in the middle where there was, used to be a little. Oh, man, I can't remember what it used to be. So Slip Disc is an independent record shop for anyone yeah. wondering what we're banging on about in, in Billericay. And it's probably, you know, was one of the, the last sort of flag bearers for the independence in Essex. I think, you know, there's Adrian's in um, Lee. Yeah. And uh, there was one in Rayleigh, but that's gone. And I think... There's no Carl. Carl used to own it. Yeah. Big Curly Air. Yeah. Um, but he had it. Yeah. You'd get there and you'd be like, mate, I need... A new tune by cast, but I don't want the actual tune. I want the B side. Yeah, and he'd be like, "I've got it already for you." Waiting. Yeah, and you'd be, and that was different because you'd go in and you'd be, you were looked after. Yeah, because they give a shit about yeah. the the ones that come in yeah. every week. They were, they, they were your dealer, mate. They'd serve you up what you wanted. <laughs> exactly. They were. Like, you know, they'd feed man. your addiction. Yep, they'd rob you fucking blind, but they'd feed your addiction. <laughs> you pay what you pay. <laughs> Brilliant. Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. All right, mate. Well, for track five is the song that tra- uh, soundtracked your year's clubbing. Oh, prodigy, was it? It was. I mean, you could have taken anything, really. Yeah. But I just remember, you know, we weren't big clubbers, my boys. Like, yep. you know, we'd, it was too fresh for us. Yep. Um, it was that, that would, I mean, the prodigy would have been rinsed in there. Do you know what yeah, I mean? And you know, I was, you know, I try and get rock. I try and get you to play Rocky. Yep. At the very, very end. Yeah. Because that's my theme tune to go out in anything. Going to fly now. That's going to be that. Do you know project. what? Right. As much as that's been used for so many different things, right? 
the arrangement of that music is fucking incredible. The little, like, it breaks down as well, and it's like, yeah, I, I know that it's synonymous with Rocky and God knows how many other fucking montages it's been, uh, you know, put to. I fucking think that is a, an it's amazing piece of music. Still, uh, literally talking about it. Yeah, but there's reasons, isn't there? You know yeah. what I mean. And for me, I don't know. Yeah, the, the it literally sounds like the seventies. It sounds it sounds like everything it should sound yeah. like. Uh, and surely music's about making trying to make you fly, like yeah. trying to you know push you, elevate you to another place, and, and inspire. you. Don't want to take your brain to another dimension. Prodigy, oh, mate, breathe. I mean, let's have it right. All of them, not all of all of them. That was it, mate. You, you, but to be honest, with you, it was like at least every hour. Yeah, I'd say in, in the brush, there's a there's a prodigy tune in amongst high. Probably still is, mate. Probably still <laughs> is. I doubt like, it's changed. I've been there for years. Like, um, and I've got to. Because yeah. If I still as is is it still sticky? Of course it is. We've got Rodney's and, and the snake Always, mate. mate. Yeah, and then it ain't gonna. <laughs> it ain't had a lick of pain since you last went. I know. I mean, Fat of the Land, let's just discuss that for a moment, right? Breathe, your, your choice is, is Breathe, but, oh, my God, like, funky shit, diesel power, you know, but, smack my bitch up, oh. Firestarter, just fucking incredible records, sonically. But they still do it, don't they? Like they he, still, he still brings them out. Like, oh, I saw him at Reading. Hasn't dated. Doesn't date. Electronic music dates. That hasn't dated yet. No, and how does he? How does he get? I mean, what is that? Well, what when is, was that? Ninety six. Yeah. Twenty two years ago. Yeah. Fucking was it really? Ain't dated. Still sounds like a punch in the fucking chops. No. And, and he must eight oh eight or something like that. He must use the. He must use those old drum machines where you go. How did he then just? Yeah. But that's the. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. That's the. That's. That's his secret. You know what I mean? So, growing up. In Billericay. You know, to, to geographically put any listeners in the, the the fold here that don't know where where, where we're talking. So Billericay is probably about a fifteen minute drive from Rayleigh, where the Pink Toothbrush is, which is your alternative club. But closer to Billericay is Basildon, or as it's known, Bas Vegas, uh, which is your kind of chrome riddled commercial dance clubs. And there was like a, a sort of a leisure park, and there was it was four or five at one point, I think. Um, Nick, what did you want from clubbing? The toothbrush. Right. What did you want from that night? Um, the it was starting the moon. It was the moon half, half moon? Half yeah. Moon. Starting the half moon. Get tanked. Just keep on going. Try and get through. Try and get through. Yeah. And try and wait for that MJ tune to come in at the very end. Yeah. They always fucking play. Yeah. Um, then see if there'd be some kind of scrap because of your, you know, you're pissing, the, you're going to the wrong toilets already. Yeah. Um, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't got a bird on your shoulder, then that would be the, if you were going home alone, you'd be like, oh, come on then, fellas. Yeah. And then it's, it's the... So it was what most people are after. What are you after? What is anyone after when well, they're going out and, and, and I you're think a kid? You know I, what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, you want to attract someone from the opposite sex. Yeah. You, you want to you drink want, your own body weight in booze yeah. and you want to, you know, jump around on the dance floor. But yeah. I think the beauty and the fundamental difference 
for so many in alternative clubs compared to more mainstream clubbing yeah. is in them alternative places, you're not so self-conscious about dancing. You can just fucking let yourself go. You can throw yourself around. Yeah. You can let the power of that music just fucking Man, drive you. Do you know what I mean? And if learned. you're in one of these mainstream clubs and the prodigy come on and you bashed into someone, someone's going to whack you. Yeah. You bash into someone in an alternative club and knock them over, you're the first one to pick them up, give them a cuddle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it does work like that, doesn't it? It really does work like that. I mean, I remember coming out of, um, unfortunately, Bad Vegas. I had a car at the time, but the um, ignition had gone. So I was having to get people to push it, and I'd just kickstart it. And I remember being, particularly with this bird, and being like, well, look, if you want to push it, and I'll kickstart it. Gentlemen. And then we come straight, of course. <laughs> and we come straight out, we come straight out of... Uh, Oh, mate, what was there, jacks or... A jumping jacks, yep. Straight out of there. And it was like, wait, where's now? Where now? It's like, the brush, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, that, it, was, it, was, it was the heartbeat of you knew where you were going. Yeah. You, you knew, because you knew... Safe haven, uh, right? You just... <laughs> 110%, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you, you, just, you just knew you'd be there, and I'd yeah. be like, I know what was going on. Yeah. Um, oh, there was a geezer on the door as well. And my old man was cabin at the time, and I can't remember his name. Um, and he used to, you know, how I, I used to, because I'd, I'd pretty much be chucked out then any fucking every week. Sean. And was it? Yeah. And then and then he'd be like, go on then. And you'd just be like, fuck, really? <laughs> <laughs> so you'd tiptoe, and he'd know, he'd know already. But I don't know, there's, there's, you know, even now, just talking about it, I still get that feeling inside me that I want to get go there you know what I mean just yeah. to have a, have a well I don't I'm, I'm, I've been every Friday for the last 27 years I'm kind of sick of it like you know but it's still amazing it's still held of course it is, it is. and because of you and because of the family down there it's still held that it's still held everything that it's meant to be about it's still held yeah absolutely track six a favourite track from an artist from your home county oh this is where I was going to get blurring ah this is where I was going to get blurry. And the reason I didn't go for them is because I think in jury, I don't want him to get lost. Yeah. Um, not that you will. Yeah. But... You keep talking, Nick. I'm just going to pour myself an half a lager while you're talking about... Um, um, he... I mean... I like... He's got... His, his son's doing stuff now. Baxter. Yeah, back. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's good. Um... Recent album is amazing. Yeah, he's good. He's good. But I think I think with 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 Ian Jury, he is. I've I've never. I don't think even to this day, um, that somebody gets near the way that he was rolling words and he and he was and he was. I don't know the stories, man. That come, you know, the stories, the stories that come, come out of him. Um, and, and, you know, like Romford Road and stuff like that, you're always going to, you, you know, of course you can relate to because obviously that's that's yeah. part and past of of kind of being born in Essex. Ricky, right? Yeah, but we used to go to Rom as kids. Right. Do you remember? What, skate park? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, like, it'd be like, you know, I'd go with Lee Kefali, Scouse, you know, all, all them lot, and I'd, I'd roll over there and I'd be like, oh, thank you, mate. And, and, and I don't know, like, yeah, there's, there's, there's an essence, but... Ian Jury. Did you get to see him? Yes. Or did I? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah I saw him at V. Yeah. And and it's unfair, isn't it? Because it's like I mean, you know, 
I've seen um, I've seen James Brown. I saw James Brown at Vegas. So, but, but is it fair that we say that we've seen them? Because I don't think we've really seen them. Maybe. You visually saw them with your eyes. I, I, I saw Ian Jury support Madness in 1989 uh, at Madstock. What was that like? Uh, it was apps. I mean, it was... Um, who, who was there? Uh, it, it was fucking amazing. It was flowered up. Then it was Gallon Drunk. Then it was Ian Jury and the Blockheads. Then it was Morrissey. Then it was Madness. And Madness brought out Prince Buster as well. That's a good day out, mate. Proper day out. Yeah. And I mean, it, 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 they still play, didn't they, Blockheads? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jubitus fronts them now. That's it, yeah. 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 I, um, yeah. Phil Jubitus, yeah, yeah, of course. Another Essex boy. <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's agreed to come on here. Does he? Um, but he actually lives in Scotland, though. Does he really? Yeah, because he lived in Leon C. He yeah. did. He's moved up to Scotland. He did. Okay, so I'll tell you what, let's, let's talk about live venues, uh, in, in the home counties as well then um, right. because you've played a lot we, how many did you play last year? 500 that's alright isn't it? that, wasn't, that was uh, intense but so just break that down 500 gigs in, in, in 363 days right in. my team were amazing they're, they're like you know straight jacket they've, they've I think a lot of musicians fall into horrendous gaps of um, I wouldn't even say the gaps but you know places where Music, 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 music. And that can become um, suffocating, you know. And Straight Jacket, I started 500. And then, I don't know, man, I'm a huge, I'm a massive, you know. The universe just started to provide stuff. And, I, and I'm, a, I'm a real, you know, advocate for that. And um, it just started to float in. And Straight Jacket was formed on it, you know. They never want to be mentioned. Yeah. I fucking love that completely plays in, into what I'm about um, and we just built you know we built a, like, I don't know we, we, how we, is that how is that to was it done in a car or was it done in a van what's that what 500 gigs in one year um, it was done between we were a little 500 wagon yep and you know we we went to South Africa like you, because of your doing shit, other stuff starts rolling around. Yeah, of course. And, and man, the people I met, like, you know, we, we, we come past Traitor's Gate on the way in. Yeah. That was number 15, I think it was. Yeah. 15. And, um, I run Tony. Yeah. Tony, Tony, I can't remember yeah, 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 the second yeah. name, unfortunately. But, you know, you, they're, they're things that are going to, I wanted a blueprint that no one had, but I didn't know I was doing it at the time. And I was out in Geneva. I was writing out in Geneva. Um, really fortunate uh, mate that said to come across. And uh, I love it out there. It's like, you just feel like you're fucking, you know, I don't know, Bond on a fucking, on, on some kind of mission. And, and I was out in the, I was out in, where did I end up? I can't remember what the fucking place it was. But there's a lake there. And I just remember rolling past it. And, and these two people have an argument with me. About oh well, look we should we should let's go and get some pictures tomorrow and some photos, and I was like man it's just pictures and photos we can get them whatever it's all good and they start to bicker and say no no we can't do that because of this I'm just like why don't we just go and do it and then suddenly I started thinking that's when um, I started thinking about five hundred that's when I really started thinking what happens if you just go out and you just do it if you just go out and do five hundred gigs no fucking booking agent like Forrest Gump no with a guitar. Yeah, just going at it. 
You know what I mean? No, no branding, no endorsement, nothing, fucking nothing. How did you? How do you make that pay? Was people just giving you like drinks for playing and? Well, yeah, but then you start. Then you start learning about. Fucking hell! Like, why weren't I doing this when I was gigging? Yeah. You know, suddenly, you, if you don't ask in this game, right? And I imagine it's like any game. Yeah. But if you don't ask in the, there's so many bands that don't take you know a little nifty there. Yeah. A little seventy five hundred there. Yeah. Because they're too afraid to ask. Yeah. And it's like, well, nothing wrong with that, kids. That's coming from your uncle, Uncle Stu, the promoter. (laughs) (laughs) Be polite, guys. (laughs) But it is that, isn't it? It is that, you know, if you don't ask, like, you're getting. And and almost rightly so, so because of, uh, you know, like, go and own it. Go and fucking own it. If you, you know, and I think this is where uh, it starts coming back to writing and tunes and shit like that. That, you know, so many people put, so many things in kids' heads saying, it's got to be like this, it's got to be like that. Like, fuck everyone. And just go and write in your fucking pants, in a fucking room, in your bathroom, in a garage, wherever it is. And just follow that. And just and see where it takes you. But we don't, do we? Because we, we, we need some machines are fucking coming. And, they, yep. they, and, and so it's getting, again, that's starting to, you know, suffocate people as well. But yeah, the, the, the 500 thing, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're looking to do North America for your time. Wow. So we want to do it every five years um, and then see where it goes. I mean, you know, we're looking to have a much bigger machine by then. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's what we want to get to. I mean, yeah. and, and, and what we're doing with Hayden and, and stuff like that, of course we want to get it out there and see what happens. You know what I mean? So. Um, it can never be said that you've never had a go, mate. Do you know what I mean? You, you're always there and you're always fucking punching. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't like these fucking bands though, and I will get this in. Right. Is uh, I don't, I don't, I don't rate anyone that turns up and goes, oh, you know, I've come from, you know, you're playing Dalston and you live in fucking Kingsland Road, and you're going, oh, it's all right, all right, it's for you, for me to borrow your amp. Like, yeah. Well, mate, I've come two hours out of the way. Yeah. Like. I, you know, yeah, but they're, they're things they're, they're things that you learn with experience of being in a band, right? Because the amount of times... Well, I, I never go to a football match and turn up about football match. Yeah. I just don't do it, because it's like yeah. my sound, my fucking... You wouldn't walk on site without a toolbox, right? And, like, and, it, and it's so weird, the amount of times that we'd, we'd you know, back when I was doing bands, we'd, we'd drive into London and, you know, we'd sit in fucking rush hour for, for an hour, it takes two hours to get there, pull up at the fucking Dublin Castle or whatever... And then the bit three other bands there, uh, we're like, use your kit. And it's like, what? And I'd sat my drummer, tell me to fuck off. Yeah. Like, that's your drum kit. Yeah. You ain't got a job. This is what you want to make your job. You you know, what little money you've got, your friend is. Your drums cost you a fucking lot of money. Yeah. And like, and unless you've cut a deal with that band to go, all right, but when we come and play closer to you, can we use your yeah. kit? You know, create a community within that. Do you know what I mean? But if not, if people are just like, we just fucking rock up on a train, yeah. get pissed, use the other people's gear and fuck off. Yeah. It's not fair, man. No. Like, there's still people that I hold to it as well. Yeah. That, that, you know, you look at them still. Yeah. And, you know. And, and, I, and I used to do it, but, you know, all the things that Queen of Oxton, you know, I would do that Mark Watts approach of make sure everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right, guys, here's everyone's email addresses. If, don't any of you turn up without your gear. If, there's an issue with any of that, speak to each other beforehand and like help each other out, talk <coughs> yeah. to each other. Do you know what I mean? It like, was good having Mark in, the, in, in those, you know, I was well fortunate to have Mark in his early days because he, um, 
Inception. Mark Watts owns the White Room Studios if, if Mark's episode hasn't been out by the time that this one comes out. So if anyone's wondering who we're talking about, that's, yeah. that, that's who he is. But he was like, and still is, he, you know, there has to be an absolute um, engine for people to go, okay, where can I rehearse? You know, and, and he was that person. Um, the amount of shit he let me get away with was unbelievable. Um, no one's got energy like him, mate. Nah, it's unbelievable. Um, and he pumps and he pumps and he and he just and he, and, he, and, he, and he drives. But I really like what you know. He distills so much of the right things in you when yeah. when you're when you're. Um, and there's no way that he didn't have um, you know some kind of influence on when I was writing because yeah. of. He'd be like, okay, well, fuck that, chuck that out, or yeah. what about that there? We can get to that quicker. Yeah. And I like that because of like, I fucking love, you know. And do you know what? And credit to him because the amount of bands I know that will go to him with probably something that they're proud of and go, Mark, what do you think? And they know he's going to be honest he's and he'll go, well, I'll chop that bit out and I'll chop that yeah. bit out. And it's like, and they'll go, oh, right, well, can we hear what that sounds like? And do you know what I mean? No one's ever offended. Do you know what I mean? And it's like. And, well, if, they, and if they are. They Why just ask? don't ask again. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I like that as well because yeah. he, he'll, he'll never turn around and go, oh, I'll be soft on this one. Yeah. He, 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 like, that's not in his, that's yeah. not in his arsenal. And people respect that. Yeah, well, it's, it's true, isn't it? You know, Absolutely. Okay. The last track. A song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Brilliant. I mean, there's fucking endless amounts that come in my head today. Yeah. If you go after I'd done this, but... Um, the ultimate man. Like I, I'm a massive, massive Ver fan, um, and I. It, this is the tune where this is this was like after the toothbrush. So you'd get home. This was the B side of drugs don't work, right? Yes. Yeah. But you'd get home, and then the parties. You'd it's obviously still be. You yeah. Know, you'd still be going, and I can remember me and uh, Stephen Charles Pickup would literally just pull up a chair and be like, right, what next? And this would come on, and it's like it's one of those tunes where you just go. Mate, is this them? And you'd never have, you'd, you'd be like... See, three steps, right? Yep. For me, the fact that was on a B-side from Urban Hymns... It probably it probably was in there, though, wasn't it, to, to like, probably be on the album? Am I right? I think that, that sounds Northern Soul to me. Oh, dear. I think that sounds far more psychedelic. Right. That I think that's... Stick that next to fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anything on, you know, Northern Soul. Um, I think something you mean, yeah. It's a bit more, it's just got that thicker sound. Northern Soul's a claustrophobic sounding album. And I think, that, that's my personal fave, but Urban Hymns, I think the pop sensibilities rose up a little bit and they fucking nailed it. Like, you know, it's a masterpiece, that album. There's no duffer on there. Most played tune on the planet still. In a bit like, you know, but... And it's a beautiful, you know, a beautiful tower with the whole... The Stones thing and all that, and credit to him how he's held himself. I think yeah, uh, Ashcroft through it. Um, perfect use of str- perfect use of string arrangements in, in in things like Lucky Man and like you know, there's just a little bit right near the end where the strings bah, 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 and they just drop right at the very end, and it's like it's just euphoric. It's like if if someone ever said, right, look, we've got this psychedelic fucking band that have just got all the you know, traditional instruments that a rock band are going to have. I mean, let, I was going to say I make dance music, but they, they already fucking nailed it. They called their album fucking Northern Soul, mm. you know? Yeah. Northern Soul doesn't have to be fucking 
rare fucking records that come out in the 60s. Northern Soul is Northern people making soul music, and that's Literally. fucking soul music. Yeah. You know, you can't hear history or fucking nah. on your own and you go, oh, yeah, there's no soul there. There's fucking bags of it, mate. But even the journey from Storm in Heaven to Overturning, oh, you just gravity go, grown. fucking Jesus. Like, what a journey. And like, um, I don't know, like, you know, you get obsessed, didn't you? And, and I remember all stuff like Alone With Everybody. You know, that, they, were, they were verb tunes. So, right, so let's discuss this because I reckon this was my, might be where we, we'll disagree. So the last Verve album, what did you make of that? Yeah. I don't like it when bands split up and they have a comeback. Yeah. I'm not into it. So I went to their comeback gig and uh, uh, was- Electric Ballroom. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. Um, I saw Ashcroft at Electric Ballroom do right. a, a, a little thing. It was at Randass. And... Just, oh, man, electric still must have been at like a Selkin, right? Selkin do you know what, right? And um, my 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 best mate is a ridiculous fur fan. He's now friends with Nick McCabe. Bought all Nick McCabe's pedals, all Nick McCabe's amps, and uh, and he's become his mate. And he's like, it's his dream come true. That's like me fucking going, oh yeah, my best mate Johnny Marr, yeah. Like it's <laughs> like, and and he's now friends with his fucking idol, yeah. you know. And uh, but we we went to see. Uh, the, the first comeback Verve show, Ashcroft come out and went, this is fucking music. And went straight into this is music. And I was like, fucking have it. And then after that, it just bottomed out. And it was like, ah, oh, ah, oh, this. And, and, and you're, you know, I've seen them a lot. I saw their last gig at V with what's his face playing. McCabe had gone. He had the guy that was in REM for a while that played the sit down slide guitar. I can't think what his name is. I never saw him. And, and I was uh, so unlucky to never see them in that, yeah. in that climate. And then they'd done the comeback. Yeah. Uh, LBM, London Back Market were doing, oh, mate, Tina Park. Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget it. Chris Connor come up to me with a um, with a fucking green laminate and was like, Louis, I got your side for the verve. And I was like, shut up. So I literally walked in. Yeah. Stood from the side, but I think they just had like I think White House had been on, yeah, and all that. So it was all fucking. It was like you know, the stage was like you know lit up and all that. But yeah. the Verve had nothing. They didn't yeah. even have the Verve on the back of the thing, and I love yeah. that too. And then um, the band come on, and Ashcroft weren't there. Yeah. And then suddenly, a car pulls up at the back. He gets out. Yeah. Comes on, whacks his jacket off, and we're in. Yeah. There's two ways of looking at that. Well, it may, it may, yeah, 100%. Elvis has arrived, or they don't want that cunt anywhere near their, right? their bust, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you've, you've got to be, you've got to be, you know, I didn't think about none of that because if yeah. you don't, you, you just go, in the moment. This, I've grown up on, on these tunes. Yeah. I couldn't give a shit. I'm looking at Scotland go off. And yeah. It fucking does go off up yeah. there. You know what I mean? I fucking love Scotland. And, and that was it. It was like, bang, he literally put his jacket back on, got in the car and fucked off. Yeah. And, and then literally I was like, I, I, I went out chat with Nick McCabe. Yeah. Because of their, them, you know, they're them fucking, they're real people. Yeah. And I think this is what people forget is that the real ones, they're real. Yeah. There's, there's no like, there's no hiding. There's no like, you know. You can't blag it. Nah. And this is the thing, you know, Nick McCabe just, he just looks at the guitar and it suddenly just go, it sounds like a fucking symphony, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so, before we finish, let's let's touch on Richard Ashcroft's right back in in the public domain now, right? Yeah. He's he's out touring, he's playing loads yeah. of shows, he's he's back doing gigs with Gallagher, and it, yeah. you know almost feels a little bit kind of '96 again. And he's you know he's looking great. And I heard him on 
on Radio X doing an interview, and he, and he, do you know what? He was so charming, so fucking interesting, and mm. I was like, oh, wicked. And he went, now we're going to play the first, like, first play of the song. Yeah. And it just broke my heart. I just thought it was, it sounded like a tribute, a really bad tribute band doing a, a like some kind of obscure Neil Diamond B-side. It, I just thought, oh, mate. And it's so weird because he'd done it with, he had some band called like the United Colours of Richard Ashcroft yeah, or that, something. Yeah. It, was like a, it, was like a, it was like a fucking, there's a, mate, have you, the, oh, mate, what's um, the first tune's banging? Well, he, but, he, but I, I'm, 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 I'm awful for this because I'm bound to just be like, yeah, but. Right, I'm because, like, yeah, but, because all the interviews, he was like, do you know what, I've channelled Marvin Gaye, I've channelled Curtis Mayfield, and, and I just thought, man, I can't wait to hear this. And I was like, oh, it's just Radio 2 music. And, and it was the same, when Song for Lovers come out, and, and I sound like I'm giving him our time, I fucking adore the Verve, mm. like absolutely fucking adore them. Full version of Gravity Grave, live at Glastonbury, is one of the most fucking amazing things you'll ever hear. Song for the Lovers, that was good. Um, but then he was out on his own, though, wasn't he? Check was the it? Meaning was good. But yeah. then the album, I just thought, oh, it's all right. And then the album after that, I just thought, I ain't feeling it. And then I just, I don't like the the production he has on stuff. I think it just sounds like the Lighthouse family. I think it's just really, I don't think it's got any, it's not saying anything. Like, he's saying something, but the music's not. Yeah. And I think that's when he needs his band. Yeah, I, you know, I that's think, just my opinion. No, mate, this, you know, I think it, it's always valid, isn't it? I think everything's always valid when um, you never know where an artist is in their life. Yeah. And 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 and, and, and I think um, we haven't even mentioned him, but I think that's why when Eminem come back with that last album, Kamikaze, I was like, it. it there's so there's so much people forget and um or well, I think they worry I think a lot of people tend to worry is that writing from a place of anger or a place of um discomfort mm -hmm. is normally a really fucking the most amazing of places definitely because you just don't you just there's nothing to care about anymore yeah. you've 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 and, and and I think that to me is is when you ain't got nothing you got nothing I to don't lose, think it matters right? if you're 134 you're 12 you're you're 37. You're fucking you're you're 63. It just does not matter. Like if there's if there's something that's fucking inside you and he wants to come out, it's gonna come out. Look at Nick Cave. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's putting um, out still putting out some of his best work. Yeah, definitely. You know? Definitely. Still vital as fuck. Yeah. Right. I think it's that, and I think and I think everyone. I imagine every artist. Um, I think everyone wants, you know, there's always that thing that you want to be, you know, you want to be, you want to, you want to, you want to go through the times of, of, of sounding exactly how that time is. Yeah. Um, there's a, me, me, uh, I love, um, I imagine we'll do it this weekend, but um, there's an amazing record by Springsteen, Tunnel of Love. Oh, what an album. Amazing album. And I always think to myself, how forgotten is that album? And he went from like, what, fucking Born in the USA yeah. to uh, fucking... Nebraska, you know, yeah. to, and, and to that, and you, and then to come out of something that's love, and you go shit the bed. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's a craft, isn't it? And I think the 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 artists that stay most fucking true, you know, Tupac, like 
<laughs> everything that motherfucker yeah. done was just like but didn't give an inch like no. Springsteen hasn't given an inch do you know what I mean it's like I do my thing the Last Stones album what did you think I only heard the the, the, the single that got I've played made, on the radio I, that, that, that album I've never been fascinated by an album for so long really but yeah because I was just like mate how are they it sounds like and apparently they were in the room they were, some of them weren't in the room and, and you know I'm like fucking hell there's even that mysticism about fucking them not being in the room yeah. being in the room and so that always plays a massive part in 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 stuff. And now I just think like you know you listen to so I don't listen to a lot of radio. I've got to admit, you know yeah. what I mean. There ain't I'm, a lot to listen to, mate. No, I don't listen to a lot. And when I do, incredibly, it always sounds incredibly processed. The fucking drums always sound like. I I know what I really enjoyed the last album was the War on Drugs album. I really enjoyed okay, the I like that. One. Yeah, I really. I think I think um, I, I think that was a really. A thoughtful record. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, I've still enjoyed a couple of other bits, you know what I mean? Like Rap Boy and shit like that. Yeah. Just a couple of little bits. That wicked. Off. Yeah, I'll have some of that. Good Essex Boy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. a chancellor boy, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So, aside from yeah. other people that are doing exciting music, what's happening with what you're doing? So, we're about to, um, I think we're about to release a, an EP. Okay. Um, for December time. Mm-hmm. And then me and Hayden have, uh, I don't know, me and Hayden have formed a, a, a wicked relationship around, I'd say, the last, well, since 500. Yeah. Because um, I've done the coffee shop. I've done his, his, his I don't Lying know. coffee records, yeah. About 487. Something stupid like that, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, and, you know, Hayden's one of those, he's, he's, a, he's a mountain, isn't he? He's a big boy. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a fucking, he's a, you know, he's got, he's got great energy. And and what I love about him is just everything's positive, and um, he was you know we, we he, he, I think from that from that small gig that we did, fucking I think I played to like you know half people in straight jacket and then someone walked in from a fucking vegan gig I'd done in Alexandra uh, Palais, so I was like, this is mad because I'd done the vegan I don't know if you knew there was a vegan day in Ali Palais right, and. Um, and so we we done that day, and then somebody saw us there, and then rolled down to um, Lions, and then from there he's just been like, right, let's record. Yeah. And he's got this wicked little studio over in um, Limehouse. Yeah. And we just we just started there. Okay, so if people want to hear what you're doing, where can they find out what Everything's you're doing? Everything's still at Longy Five Hundred. Okay, so we'll tag you in it. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, then I people imagine. can go. And and find what you're doing. Yeah, and then I imagine for New Year, I know there's a couple of little things you got. You know, chess players don't reveal all the moves today. Why would you? <laughs> you got to keep. You like a bit of mystery, say. mate. I know what you're like, <laughs> Nick. It's been an absolute joy catching up mm. with you, mate. And uh, man. and I knew it'd be fun talking music with you. And uh, yeah, absolute pleasure, mate. Ups, Thank man. you for coming. Thank you for me. And uh, I appreciate it. I look forward to hearing what you put out next. Ups, Take it easy, mate. There you have it. The one from Nick Long. Longy. Longmeister. Longmeister General. Well, I don't care. It's, it's Longy, right? I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, it was nice to have a catch-up. I've not seen him for a long, long time. So it was really nice to sit there and be able to chat music and and see what he's been up to and find out about playing 500 gigs in one year, which is really, really impressive. Um, if you like hearing about people discussing their, their their loves of music and their creative path, whether it be music, film, 
stand-up comedy, radio presenting, podcasting, go and have a look in the back catalogue because you can listen to episodes from, God, everyone, Scroobies, Pip, Gal Porter, Mark Moore, Ian Lee, Block Party, Dan Lassac, etc., 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 etc. I'm not going to list them all. Go over there and have a look. And like I say, you can find out about everything at offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. Have a lovely week. And I will see you next time for another one. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat & Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.